I'm Carrie. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Love and Nonsense Podcast. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Stephanie. So we are here this week talking about the May movies that have aired so far, which is Warming Up to You, Road Trip Romance, and Heart of the Matter. And these were okay. (laughs) (laughs) One I actually really enjoyed. The other two... Not so much. I was trying to average it. One I liked, two, eh, and so the average is okay. (laughs) Fair. All right. So the first one is Warming Up to You, Cindy Busby, Christopher Russell, where she's the physical trainer who has to get this out-of-shape actor back into shape. And I actually really like this movie. So did I. I was really surprised because I think it was in the preview episode that I was like, um, I think I'm most excited about the side couple (laughs) because they Mm -hmm. look so cute in the photos online. Yeah. But I think this was by far their best movie together that I've seen. Agreed. Like I was texting Carrie as I was watching it because I watched it before her. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this movie made me laugh. And it's so cute. I think I like this one best. (laughs) Yeah, and they were so likable together as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, like they just kind of had a flirtatious, sweet banter to them. Yeah, I think they had the best dialogue out of the movies they've been in together because there were a lot of snappy one-liners yep. that I wrote down, like when she said that he was a celebrity trying to mansplain to her And then when he remembered seeing her when they meet again, and he's like, you're the juice bar police. I just, the way they delivered (laughs) these crazy lines just made me laugh. That is true. And they had some sweet ones too. Now, granted, you guys, I've been sick for two days. I had some kind of a stomach thing. So Stephanie has been bearing with me (laughs) on, (laughs) on getting through these movies and getting this recorded and everything. So I didn't take any notes. So we're going off of my memory in the last day of me watching these movies, I will say there was one part that was like towards the end when he's talking about like where, where she'll be in a year. And he's like, and am I in this picture, you know, Mm -hmm. or something? And he's like, because I see you in my, in, in my life or something. I can't remember what he said, but it was so sweet. Yeah. I did write down that he was upfront with his feelings because it was really cute when he said that, that he saw her, in his future a year from now. Like, oh, it was so sweet. Although it did kind of annoy me if we're going to talk about things that annoyed me. Because <laughs> <laughs> speaking of this one-year thing, I thought we were going to have a one-year jump at the end, and we didn't. We should have had a one-year jump at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a disappointment. I didn't even think about that. Well, I thought it was weird because, so the movie ends with a panoramic kiss. So instead of them just kissing and then it fading, we actually had like the camera going around them like a drone with the background. So it made it seem like we were leading into something else, like a future jump. But then Uh it just ended. And I was like, what? That (laughs) I can see that. I will say, though, the thing that I was thinking about during this kiss scene is that sit down kiss scenes are so much more awkward than stand up kiss scenes. You think? I I don't really notice a difference between them. Why do you think they're more awkward? Because their bodies are like usually in weird, they have have to sit in weird positions to like make the framing work and stuff like that, you know, I guess. And to, Mm. 
I don't know, but it just, I just always feel like sit down kisses are so much more awkward than standing up kisses. (laughs) Note to Carrie's future partner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no sit down kisses when we're being videotaped on a panoramic drone footage. Okay. (laughs) That's a very specific ask. (laughs) I can take sit down kisses when nobody's photographing us or filming it. Ooh. All right. All right. Okay. So while I did like Cindy's character when she was with Chris's character, she did kind of annoy me at times with this over the top healthy lifestyle type thing. Like, I don't know why she was surprised when she was fired in the beginning of the movie because her attitude was terrible and she was basically like dissing her whole company and boss. Well, I I agree. Her her attitude was terrible for the new mission, but I could also agree. I could also understand feeling like, of course, granted, I wouldn't probably have a friend who has a wellness place that I could go work. But working for someone and being like the best that there is, and having someone else buy it out, and the mission completely changing, and then now you work for a company that you don't even believe in what they stand for, but you don't really, you haven't really. But she could have left. She, she had left. the contacts. She could have left, but she chose to stay and chose to have a bad attitude. That's true. So that really annoyed me. And then I know like her whole thing was she couldn't loosen up. But when they roasted the dang cauliflower instead of marshmallows, <laughs> I was with Chris. I was like, are you kidding me? She pulled out a tray of vegetables to roast over a fire. <laughs> she was a little over the top. She was. She was yes. a lot over the top. But she didn't like make me hate her with the over the topness. I agree. And it was funny. I thought too that she's like, he leaves and she's upset about it. And her, she's going for his comfort food pizza, but is like, it's cauliflower crust. I can't even eat the real thing. I know. I was upset with her. I was like, oh man, I thought for once you would like learn, you know, from him. And then no, you still kept to your healthy eating i mean kudos to her for her like willpower because i don't have it so me neither you know there's that (laughs) i did think that so the whole movie there wasn't a ton of conflict but it was fine because the movie was funny yep so i thought it was weird when at the very last like third of the movie they brought his ex-girlfriend back who's going to be his co-star and then she was just hanging around briefly until she left Like, I know Hallmark loves to bring in the ex, you know, for the last minute drama. But for some reason, I did not expect her to show up, especially knowing like she cheated on him for like a year or six months. It was a long time that she cheated on him when they were together. Yeah, I found that to be an interesting aspect, too. That's not the normal Hallmark storyline. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what? I agree. And I felt like it was kind of forced. It was really another not really strange Hallmark thing, not Hallmark thing, I guess, is when he she wakes up in the morning and she goes and knock on his door and the toilet flushes. And so Mm -hmm. she assumes that it's her that stayed the night. Yeah. So it was interesting conflict, new conflict for Hallmark. Agreed. I don't think they needed it because they had other stuff that they could have, you know, dealt with first. But whatever. It still didn't make me hate the movie. So there's that. Yep. And then I think the last thing I have before ratings, since, you know, I took notes, (laughs) were all of the great 
references to other shows because we had a Bridgerton reference and a Reggae Jean Page, the Duke reference. I was going to say they that was twice. I heard the Reggae one and then the Bridgerton one right after it. Yeah. And we had an Outlander reference. I was like, oh my gosh, they're watching Outlander too. Maybe I didn't catch that one. Oh man. I still need to watch season six actually, but anywho. And then the last one was when she was holding a stick pretending to be the villain when they were acting out that one scene. And Chris Uh said that Cindy looked like she was going to Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Oh, they killed me. I really enjoyed that scene. It was like just fun. And I liked when he took her down to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And and you could kind of feel it with the ex-girlfriend there. For once, we felt like the the sexual tension. Yeah. (laughs) The interest. (laughs) Which I never, I mean, I just never got from them before. So it was nice that we got another layer to the Chris and Cindy relationship on screen. I agree. I really thought this was cute, though. It was. All right. So are we ready to rate it? Yep. So setting, I'm giving it a four, even though most of it I think we've seen before. But I really liked the cute little cabins that they had at the retreat because I don't remember seeing those. They were so sweet looking. I agree. Style, I gave it a four. And I don't know why I gave it a four. I mean, they looked nice. Okay. What do you have for the storyline for warming up to you, though? I gave it a four. Me too. Yay! I will say, though, I I really like the storyline. Well, I knocked it down from a five because they didn't do the forward jump. Oh, well, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. After all their talk, they didn't need that. I agree. And it would have just been a nice, you know, we just, we like a forward jump anyway. We do. We want the closure. Because we never get sequels. <laughs> All right. And then for spring, well, these aren't really spring movies, I guess. Are they considered summer? I didn't even do anything for this because I didn't know if we had a category. You know, we probably don't need one considering the others. But I gave it a five because they did a lot of outdoor activities and it looked springy. Sounds like a plan. And I gave it a love. Me too. Woohoo! The best one of the month so far and the best Cindy Busby and Christopher Russell movie so far. And now it's all downhill from here as we move on to road trip romance. So for this movie, we're just going to do our ratings and fit our stuff into them because, well, I know I didn't like this movie. I did not like this movie either. I did not want to finish this movie, but since I finished Butler's in Love, I was like, I got to get through this too. Okay. You know, what's funny about this is because I've been sick, I've kind of been watching these on my phone laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And I had started started warming up to you. And then we talked about it and I decided, you know what? I don't want to finish warming up to you and then be stuck with something that I don't like to have to watch. So then mm-hmm. I picked the, I started this one and I got about 15 minutes into it and I started to not feel good again. So I turned it off. And then I, when I turned it back on, started watching it. And then I proceeded to fall asleep for half an hour. <laughs> And so I missed a half an hour in the middle of it. And I thought, I don't like this movie enough to start back to go back and go watch it again. So there's part of this that I have not even watched because I could not bring myself. I wonder if it's the part that I messaged you about. Well, let's find out. Okay. I kind of want to just read my notes because you, I just have a lot of question marks and exclamation points. (laughs) Okay. Capital letters. (laughs) Go for it. Okay. So let me set the stage. 
Road Trip Romance has Natalie Hall and Corey Severe. They are both high school nemesises, nemeses, whatever, from opposite schools, which did not make sense to me because I didn't know anybody from another school, but whatever. And they have to travel back to Wichita for her sister's wedding and his dad's retirement party. And then shenanigans ensue. Okay. First of all, their flight gets canceled because there is a, quote, wildcat baggage carrier strike regional only. What? Agreed. What is the, what? Okay. Secondly, secondly, they both own novelty toy businesses. What are the odds that literally they own the exact same weirdo business idea? And they tried to like gloss over this fact by having this lady they were trying to get business from in the beginning like, oh, you millennials, you both are, what are the odds that you know each other and do the same thing? Uh, not great. So I thought that this was totally strange. Also, I will add two additional things to it that really weirded me out about this part of the storyline. Okay, um, what is it? They both moved from Wichita to Seattle. Yep, that was weird. And they both thought the best way to promote my company is by using this old luggage with stupid stickers all over the front with the name of my <laughs> toys on them. Fun for all. Novelties are us. <laughs> I mean, it was the it, dumbest thing. It was so stupid. Uh, You know, one of these things... Would have been like, okay, I'll give you a pass. Maybe I'll give you a pass on two of these things. Because Hallmark likes to have, you know, oh, you're from this hometown, but you moved to the big city and you're in the it's same a God place. Wink. Yeah. But there was there was too many weird things. I so, <laughs> okay. I agree. Carrying on. Why did he call shotgun in the rental car when he was the only other passenger? I think he was making a joke. Well, if I flat. thought that was strange, too. <laughs> But then I was like, I think he's just trying to be funny. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> just so everyone knows, this was only an eight-hour drive that they had to make from Denver to Wichita. So not our normal, like, terribly long drive from across the country. However, obviously did not take eight hours. My next line of notes is, I feel like she always holds the dumbest grudges. She really annoys me. <laughs> like, do you feel that way? Like, every time I feel like we see her character in a movie... She just holds on to the dumbest things that the guy did in the past and is just like, I'm not going to like you. Like she said that he cheated on a debate somehow with bogus data that she couldn't prove was bogus data. I can totally see that comment, but part of me wonders, I guess the question in my mind, is that a Natalie Hall problem or is that the writer's problem or is it that the writers somehow feel like she's the perfect fit or the the producers whoever feel like she's the perfect fit for these kinds of roles it's gotta be that they think she's the perfect fit which makes me concerned about what she's like in real life <laughs> like i don't have anything against natalie hall the person but why does she keep ending up in these roles i don't know moving on we have our next shenanigan to stop their trip their car was stolen. I legit thought it was towed because she parked in like a bad spot. But no, it was legit stolen out of a tiny side of the road grocery parking lot. And it wasn't even a good car either, really. No, it was the only car in the parking lot. Who would steal it? And then it never gets resolved. I don't think at the end 
they get the car back. Although buying a new car costs a lot too. Well, that's the next thing. He (laughs) buys a car with his credit card because he still had his wallet. Okay, whatever. I mean, we, we do see sometimes the people buying a cheapo vehicle. I'll get behind that. Until we're driving down a straight freaking road, not a car in sight, when a branch comes out of nowhere and they crash. This branch did not come out of nowhere. You saw it. And yet they swerved off the road. (laughs) Okay. And they're being saved by the kind tow truck driver, old man. But he cannot fix their car, obviously, because it's nighttime and he doesn't have the part. You know, the same old, same old. Yep. And there are no hotels available because the renaissance fair is in town okay 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 i can understand this so tow truck guy being the nice dude he is he offers them a place to stay i'll be get behind this hallmark does this all the time they get to his home where his wife comes out with two bags of clothing for them and next we get to another scene where they're outside and did he offer them his actual home to sleep in no He offered them a freaking tent, a tent in his front yard, not even the couch. And his house was big. It was. And they're like, we're sleeping in a tent. He's like, oh, yeah, my wife turned this one spare room into her craft room. And I have the other room as like whatever man cave. So you guys are going to sleep outside under a tent. Who offers, who offers people a place to stay? (laughs) And it's not even indoors. It's a tent that he had to set up. My, this is when I texted you, Carrie, because I was mind blown. And then it gets even worse slash better because the new day dawns and it is the day of the Renaissance Festival. And Natalie and Corey come into the kitchen ready for breakfast and they see that their host couple is dressed in their costumes for the fair and they're all oh, dost thou want breakfast? And they're like, oh, could we borrow your phone charger first? And this couple, they just laugh and laugh because they're off the grid today. They're not going to give you their phone charger to charge your phone because they're going without electricity today. The whole town's going offline. No electricity in the whole town. So how are they cooking stuff in the kitchen? I don't know. I just couldn't believe these people weren't going to help them. They were so committed to these stupid roles that they wouldn't even let them plug in a phone charger. Well, you know, would have been a really nice thing to have said last night. Hey, I think Natalie Hall said something like that. Off. And they're like, Uh, well, we already knew you were having a hard time. Yeah, but I could have charged it last overnight and then at least the phone would be charged for the next morning and then you guys don't have to do anything. That would make too much sense, Carrie. I hate these kind of movies. I was saving that for storyline, but I just can't. I hate. These are my least favorite storylines. It was one thing for the house for them to be like, we're not going to let you use the electricity. But for the entire town, the entire town. What if you're just driving through? You can't like that's impossible. You can't put gas in your car because the gas pumps run off of electricity. Yeah, I I was like, I was over this movie before, but then I was like really over it. (laughs) All right. So then we get to the stupid fair and I kind of zoned out during it because I was like, this is so annoying. Oh, I can tell you what happens. They meet a dude to try and have a fake love triangle. Yes. And she proceeds to kick his butt at basically every single event that they do something on. And then we have the 16th century waltz, which 
I had to look up because I was like, this can't be correct. Because the, that dance that they were doing, that waltz they were doing, wasn't invented until like the 18th century. Um, Are you upset about this, Stephanie? <laughs> I was just like, how can you be so wrong about history? So wrong. Like, I'm not a stickler, but for you to say a 16th century waltz and then do that dance, because I did look up and I guess there was something in the 16th century that they kind of called a waltz, but it was like a folk dance with people. So, and it wasn't like that waltz. Well, and what's interesting is he was horrible at the dance that they were doing beforehand, which I would actually expect to be more close to a 16th century waltz when they were doing those types of dances where you just don't touch mm-hmm. the other people really. Yeah. And he sucked at it. Yep. Then we have, they are lost in a field and they decide to spend the night on a hay bale thing. It's not the rolly one. It's the rectangle one. <laughs> I can't remember the <laughs> name. A haystack? I don't know. <laughs> But then it got weird because he admitted that he was jealous of the time that Natalie spent with that one dude at the fair. And then he was like, but can you admit that you were trying to make me jealous? And she said, yeah, I was trying to make you jealous. But why? Why would I And they just laid there. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) Who wrote this thing? Who wrote this thing? Who wrote Butler's in Love, maybe? Maybe. We should check it out, see if it's true. Well, you know, I tried to find out if Corey wrote it, but since I liked Hearts of Christmas, which he did actually write, I should have known he did not (laughs) write this one. Anywho, I'm glad that you apparently woke up for these parts, if you're remembering them. Yes, I did. I did wake up for these parts. It was only about 20 or 30 minutes that I was asleep for. Okay. Next up, uh, Natalie essentially steals the tow truck of her her benefactor because... Uh, Takes under duress. Yeah, because <laughs> she was she, like, you are getting me to the wedding. I know. I was just like, oh, my gosh, who does this chick think she is? And he just handed over the keys. A stranger. Just because you spend a day together at a renaissance fair does not mean you're friends. If oh. he was going to if you were going to do that, why not just have done it yesterday and not gone to the renaissance thing? Exactly. And this, again, makes too much sense, Carrie. All right. And then we get to the very... The very last little thing of shenanigans. Natalie forgets what church her sister was getting married at. And this so was she, what was weird. Yeah. So then she asks the best friend and the best friend purposely tells her the wrong church because she wants to still be bridesmaid to get the guy. Maid of honor. Yeah. The maid of because honor. Because she's afraid that this guy that she has connected with will change his mind when she he walks down the aisle with the uh, with her. Yeah, with Natalie. Oh my god! I mean, so this. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like the friend shows up at the wrong church right after Natalie and explains, "Like, hey, I'm sorry, I told you the wrong place." But I could not believe that they decided to throw that last part in there. I couldn't believe Natalie didn't even know what church her sister was getting married at. I agree. <laughs> but it was just, it was the weirdest thing. And then the last two comments I have was at the wedding toast. Natalie stole her sister's thunder by going through her entire terrible trip during the toast. Yeah. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Make it about yourself. It always is. And then Natalie 
and Corey decide to combine their novelty toy business at the end. Couldn't have seen that coming, could you? <laughs> this is the dumbest freaking movie. I could have handled maybe like a third of these things, but all of these things together just made me matter and matter. And just, I really wanted to turn it off. I really okay. wanted to turn it off. So you want me to tell you what my only high point of this movie was? Yeah, that you found a high point is astonishing. <laughs> I really loved the sister and the fiance. I felt like you could feel that they were in love. It was very sweet. I would agree with that. And did you think that sister looked like Julie Gonzalo? No, I did not. Dang, I feel like everybody looks like Julie. And every time I say <laughs> something, you're like, no, I don't. But I thought she really up. did. I'm going to look her up now. By the way, this was not written by the same person as Butler's in Love. Oh, well, there you go. Also, I wanted to mention, this didn't really fit into anything, but that small town in Kansas that I moved from, they had a Scottish fair, which was really fun, and I went to. Was it all decked out where people were in costumes? Some people were, but most people were not, and it was actually fun. Well, you know, Atlanta has a big Renaissance festival fair every year where they used to so uh, that's what i thought of oh really but it's not small town it's atlanta okay so i will say i can see this more than the last one okay good so she i still didn't think it when i saw her but it's to me it's closer than the last person that we were talking about well i'm glad i'm getting closer to julie gonzalo's doppelganger <laughs> maybe third time's a charm i think though julie has that scar on her forehead you have that, to ignore that that really like makes me say no but I think I think it's gonna keep me from being like oh that person really looks like her you know what I'm saying because you it's so stand out the and eyes like, and the that's mouth her. I see it in like her eyebrows and her eyes I can definitely see it in this photo so I'll give you closer you're getting closer sweet all right let's rate this because I didn't mean to spend that much time on it <laughs> <laughs> setting I give it a three because <gasps> I did kind of like the Renaissance Fair setup, but I didn't like I gave all it the a time two. I spent there. I didn't like anything on this movie. Oh, good. Style, I gave it a three. I liked <gasps> her flower crown at the Renaissance Fair. I gave it a two. Because the I... flowers on, or the feathers on the wedding dress? No, actually, I thought the wedding dress was fine. I didn't feel okay. like the wedding dress warranted a scarf, <laughs> but... Whatever. I felt like the only thing that I actually really liked was the bridesmaids dresses. Yeah, those were pretty. But I feel like Natalie's outfit at the beginning of the movie, to me, was quintessential Natalie outfit. Like these bright colors. I don't... suits. Yeah, and it was like very much... I don't know. It felt like something that she's worn, would wear in other movies. And it makes me wonder how much say does the cast have in what they wear like does she get to bring some of her own clothes to wear because i never like what she wears in basically any of her movies yeah sometimes she wears some odd things but i will say i did notice when they first showed the girls wearing the bridesmaids dresses coming down the stairs just to see what they looked like i thought it was really strange because i was like that dress does not really fit the Della girl. I was like, why does that dress not fit? And then she didn't even end up wearing the dress, which made more sense because she probably was wearing Natalie's dress mm -hmm. and yeah. just put it on. But I felt like across the shoulders and stuff, it just was a little bit too big in the top flowy part. I didn't notice that, of course. Storyline, I gave it a one. Ah. What'd you give it? I gave it a two, but I think that's because I slept through part of it, so I didn't get all of it. Yeah. 
You missed the crazy. Which is the part I wanted to miss because I do, I really, really, really hate these kinds of movies. I wish they would quit making them. And if they don't quit making them, I really wish they would quit making them so absurd. I mean, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Dashing Through the Snow. And they're on basically a road trip. And it's kind of absurd with the FBI following them. And yet, I love that movie. Yeah, but there's a puppy. There's Andrew Walker. And they don't have, like, their vehicle isn't stolen. And they're, you know what I'm saying? They're continually Mm -hmm. driving. So they're making their way across. It's just all these other shenanigans are happening with the kids stealing the license plates and the whatever other stuff is, you know, the FBI stuff is happening. But they're continually, like, making their way down the road. It's not like, hey, we rented this car and it's the last one and now somebody stole the car and we have to buy a new car and then we wreck the new car. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. All right. And then spring... I gave it a three. I didn't even. They were outdoors. This. That's fine. And I gave it a nonsense. I gave it a for sure nonsense. This is not even close. Yeah. All right. Last one, which we can actually do just ratings for. I just kind of went on a tangent on the other one. You sure did. I mean, I guess if it makes me like angry rant, then it did something right. All right. I don't think so. <laughs> the last movie was Heart of the Matter with Amy T. Garden. And Chandler Massey and the lady mom's name, I don't remember. And Brady. Thank you. And Amy T. Garden's patient dies and his mom decides to sue Amy T. Garden's character. And we just deal with all this angst. Setting. I gave it a two because there was nothing special. It was like a hospital and a house. I gave it a three because there was nothing special. Yeah, we agree. We do agree. We just, where where we landed was different. Mm -hmm. Style, I gave it a two. Again, nothing special, Dr. Scrubs. I gave it a three. Again, nothing special. (laughs) We're on a roll, guys. (laughs) I know. All right. Storyline is really where we're going to have the meat of this conversation. Agreed. Uh, I gave it a three for making me feel emotions, um, but they weren't always positive emotions. (laughs) I I just so opposite. (laughs) I gave it a two. Oh, well, I'm surprised you gave it even lower than me. I know. But go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I think Amy's character was really dumb. Like, I understand that you're upset because, you know, your patient died and you feel like you missed something. Basically, she missed that he could drive. She didn't think he could because he is neurodiverse. And he walks everywhere. He talked about walking to the doctor's office and walking to work. So she thought he didn't drive. Yeah. But technically his driver's license was in his file. So she feels like she should have known he drove. And so she should have told him not to drive because in the end he dies after a car accident when he was trying to get to the hospital. So I understand feeling, you know, upset, but I don't know. It just annoyed me that she was just wanting to tank her career left and right with this attitude. Like, the lawyer's trying to help her. I don't want your help. Just let them take whatever and let it follow me for the rest of my career. Well, you're acting like you don't even want to be a doctor, so why don't you just quit? And then, like, she breaks up with her super perfect patient fiancé who literally is like, I'm not looking for perfection in a partner and is trying to help her. And she's like, nah, I'm going to dump you and your son. 
And then she sits through a peer review board, has them tell her this very important decision of, we're going to give you a one-year probation, but we're not going to kick you out of the practice after all. And she's like, yeah, thanks for your time, but I actually just wanted to waste it because I'm leaving anyway. So peace. Like, she annoyed me till no end. Yeah, it was a little bit much. I felt like the breaking up with the fiance was more about the fact that she was getting engaged to him at the time that she should have been answering the phone call. And so it was kind of like a self-sabotage. I don't deserve to, ha- deserve to have this because because I it, it's what kept me from helping him. Yeah, it still annoyed me. And then they tried to like add in this sad mom dying subplot where her mom died in the past and is the reason for all her like problems. It was just so weird. I felt like that just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't like this story. And the reason I really gave it a two was I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. I don't think it annoyed me as much as you, but I didn't feel like, so like if you're thinking back to like Presence of Love or North to Home, whatever, those other movies that we've watched, they pull at your heartstrings. They, you know, there's this underlying thing, this resolution. And I really didn't feel like there was any resolution other than her just being asked to help with this patient and then deciding she was going to stick with it, but then put her own demands on the boss. To make it the way she wants it. I thought it was weird. Like she decided she's going to spend more time with patients after all this thing of like, I don't want to be around anyone. Yeah. It it was just strange. And I didn't feel like there was a good, if you're going to make it that emotional and that whatever, they tied the mom in trying to make it seem like that, but I didn't get it connected to that story at all. So I Mm -mm. felt like you didn't, you didn't really get a good resolution for what the depth of the story was because I did feel very sad when the guy died. I thought Chandler Massey played this role really well. Yeah. I I felt like he was, you know, sometimes it's very easy for people to get caricature-y and I didn't really feel that way with him in this role. Like I would agree. I feel like he maybe spent time with people is what I was going to say to try to make sure. Do you think they should have cast a true neurodiverse person? I mean, they I could mean, have if they're because they were all braggy about, oh, Hallmark has a, you know, a lead who has Down syndrome. Isn't that one oh, of yeah, the that articles that we saw? So it's like here was a perfect part for somebody. And they just I mean, I don't know. I was fine with Chandler, but I just had a question of it. You know, I mean, I can see that. I I don't think I get stuck on that as much. I do think it would be harder with the physical features to cast someone without Down syndrome in a Down syndrome role because there mm-hmm. are physical features that are very clear to be down uh, associated with people with Down syndrome, you know? But I also feel like all of acting is playing someone that you're not. So that doesn't really bother me as much, but I do think it could have been a good opportunity for because it's like the, what was that movie at Christmas with the girl in the wheelchair on Lifetime? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name of it. She was the writer. Yeah, she wrote the romance books and fell yep. in love with the guy on the cover. Because you could technically have cast someone not disabled in that role, but they chose not to. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a good choice. You know what I'm saying? So I can definitely yeah. see it. Maybe they attempted to and they didn't really find anybody that they felt fit the role for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me a lot. I just wondered about it. And then fun fact about Chandler, which I didn't know. 
Did you know he works full-time as a data scientist in Atlanta? He's no. not even like a full-time actor. It's just I his side gig. <laughs> He's down where you are, Gary. I need to find him. You really do. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, I think the last thing for the storyline that kind of bothered me was why didn't the mom call 911 when her son called Agreed. her clearly ill? Like, why didn't she call 911 immediately? I and agree. And then they mentioned that there was a power outage where Chandler crashed his car into the light pole. So technically, maybe he crashed because the light was out and he couldn't see. So it's the power outage's fault. Oh. Like, so I didn't think Could be. added up exactly. I hadn't thought of that, but I think... I think that's a, you definitely onto something. But he would not have been on the road. Yeah, if she hadn't said don't drive or had said don't drive. Yeah. All right. Spring, I do want to say one spell. other thing. I've got I've got a comparison person really fast. Okay. The guy, the fiance. Do you mm-hmm. think he looks like Dylan Casey? I need to look up Dylan Casey. <laughs> okay. Go look up Dylan Casey. Because I do not know who Dylan Casey. American cyclist? I don't think that could be correct. Maybe no, I spelled Dylan wrong. D-I-L-L-O-N. Sorry. Yeah, I, I spelled it wrong. That. Okay. I see it and I, I see it. Yeah, I can see that he looks like Dylan Casey. Because when I saw the photos getting ready for this last week's posts, I was like, I don't think Dylan Casey is in this. And it was specifically the ones with the hat on. Mm. I think when he takes the hat off, he doesn't look like him. But there's something in the nose mouth area that really looked like him. And I was like, I didn't think he was in this movie. And it's not. <laughs> It's Andrew's a car or something like that. I thought he was a cutie. I liked him. Okay. Spring, I gave it a zero, but we probably shouldn't even rate. It <laughs> I don't have spring. a rating for that either. And then, okay. I really felt bad for saying a nonsense. So I put love, but middle, but I really should just say nonsense because well, I didn't I'm, like this movie. I'm saying nonsense. So okay. I'll, I'll help you not feel so bad about it. Good. They tried to have a serious story and it was serious. I think I was mostly disappointed because I was expecting there to be some kind of love story and there wasn't a love aspect at all of romance. I yeah, mean, it, it was falling weird. in love, I guess. Yeah. Well, and there was not even, there wasn't even the deeper, I didn't think there was the deeper love meaning like heart meaning like the thing behind the mom or the something like I was trying to say earlier either. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they barely focused on the mom, movie. honestly. It was mostly Amy. Yeah. It just was not good. So hopefully the next ones are better and we didn't start with hopefully. the best. <laughs> the next next time one has the rip, rip in time. Oh, no. Did you see that preview yet? Yes. It made me laugh so hard seeing freaking Niall with his large beard. <laughs> I'm Rip Van Winkle Jr. <laughs> I am uh, not looking forward to that movie. Not looking forward to that movie. It looks wild. Um, I'm going to tell you. All right. It does. Well, that wraps up this May review part one. Our next episode, we're doing a, if you like, wedding themed movies. So that'll be fun. It will be. Talk to you later. Bye. So subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when we have new episodes released. And if you're on Apple Podcast, we'd love it if you leave us a review. Apparently, those are really super helpful in getting your podcast seen and our social media. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Nonsense Podcast.
talk to you later. Bye.